Hello, this is Talking Devils and I am Wayne Barton, football writer and author. This will be the home of regular podcasts I do with former Manchester United defender Paul Parker. I wanted to start this new home though with a special retrospective interview I did with former Manchester United manager Tommy Doherty back in 2015. I hope you enjoy. Do you think that you were identified because of your track record of bringing through young players or do you think that when you arrived at United, you just saw it as your responsibility to do that? I think when you went to any club, I mean, for example, uh, my first job was at Stamford Bridge at Chelsea. Yeah. And I inherited the uh, FA Cup winning youth teams. Yeah. They won the youth cup for the second year in succession. You know, Benetti, Shaluta, McCready, Holland, Sinton, Harris, yeah. Cook, Osgood, Venables, Graham and Tamla. All great young 18-year-olds. And uh, I was, I'm always a great believer, to this day, uh, it puzzles me sometimes, they think, uh, say, oh, it's, it's no experience. So how do you get experience? Mm. You only get experience by throwing them in at the deep end yeah. and letting them sink or swim. Mm. And, and you, can't, you can't say to them, that's five years experience, you're now a great centre-half. Mm. You can't do that. He's got to go and earn that right or in, in, in the good times and the bad times. Yeah. Uh, the, the bookings, the sending offs, your international selection, your yeah. under 21 caps, you know, stuff like that. You've got to earn all that. You can't give people that. And that's what I get annoyed about even today. Uh, it, it, they say, oh, it's too young. You're never too young. Mm. If you're old enough, you're good enough. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah. And it had been Busby's philosophy the of, of the of the young players. Did you, when you went in, did you feel that you were following that or you wanted to stamp your own mark on it? No, no, I felt I was following A, a Frank O'Farrell. Uh, but I know that they had a lot of uh, young, good young players coming through, mm. uh, but not getting a chance. Yeah. And yet they talk about the, Jimmy Murphy never gets half of the, 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 the plaudits that he should have got. He was responsible for yeah. the Busby Babes, your Duncan Edwards, your yeah. Roger Burns, your Tommy Taylor's. And all that. He, Busby wasn't responsible for them. He was the manager of them. Yeah. But Murphy and them trained them and coached them. I mean, Busby never went in the tracksuit. And when I went there, if I wanted to sign a player, uh, if Busby didn't fancy him as an ability as, as a player, yeah. he didn't get him. Yeah. It's as simple as that. He, if you fancied the player for his ability, and he fancied him, yeah. no, one, no one would beat you to get him. Mm. He, would, he would swim the channel to get him. You um you said there an interesting line about struggle and you know United was struggling when when you took over, but you still gave Brian his debut yeah and and also you, you persisted with Sammy Mack who I don't obviously had the tough time with the car crash so we we what was your thought behind that because I mean it's difficult to put a, a player into a struggling side yeah well I mean as soon as I took over and Frank O'Farrell uh, I heard about the Busby Babes. You know, which I played again the boys with yeah. Duncan Edwards and people like that. You know, great players, uh, and great players are born; they're not made. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And uh, they were just waiting for the opportunity, and yeah. they weren't getting that opportunity. Uh, and when I came in, I thought, well, there was no future in what we had because we were heading for the second division anyway. No matter who was going to be the manager, yeah, and uh, we just missed out on it. But uh, the thing was, the players were there and they just wanted someone who was prepared to take a chance with them. 
Yeah. And I certainly was. Because I did it at the Chelsea as well. Because I inherited the Chelsea youth team two years on in the Cotton's succession. Yeah. And uh, they were there. They were ready. Do you think that that's why you were hired? Because you'd done that with Chelsea? No, I think I think I was hired because uh, I was Scotland manager. I'd done, a, I'd done a very good job as a mm. Scotland manager. And even at national level, I was bringing young players through, like Gordon McQueen at yeah. Leeds, and you know, yeah. Alan Hansen from Partick Thistle, who player came to Liverpool, Dal Gleish, McCarry, Willie Morgan. Yeah. I even gave Dennis uh, a few caps. Yeah. And he was at uh, the latter end of his career. But age, even age didn't bother me. If, if they were, people would say they're too old. No, you're not too old. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Mm. And the same applies if you're only a kid. Yeah, that's right. But you said there about the Scotland job, and you also said when you were manager of Scotland that the only job you would have left for would have been Man United. Why? Why was that? Yeah, well, I suppose I'd always, I thought I'd always like to follow uh, Sir Matt Busby, God rest his soul. Uh, he's a, he was a great manager I no doubt about that at all actually but very I, I got very disenchanted with him uh, when I, I tried to sign Peter Shelton for uh, 100,000 yeah. quid he said we're not paying anyone 100,000 pounds so, or 100 quid a week yeah. and we're not paying 100,000 pounds for him ever as well <laughs> and uh, of course I had already the club before that I'd signed I'd transferred Alex Stepney to Man United yeah. And here it was again, if I'd taken the job of Man United and Ayrton <laughs> again, you know, it was, it was at Millwall. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, yeah, Alec did a great job for Manchester United as well. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you then about your United team, and not necessarily the players, but more or less, um, you know, first of all, you as a manager, and then and then the formation and, and the team and things like that. So first of all, you as a manager. Now, I've heard many times from players and, and yourself in the past that you, you were quite bold when United played at Old Trafford because you or Tommy Cove would scrunch up the team sheet and say it didn't matter who we were playing. But I also know that putting a team as good as what you did doesn't happen by accident. I just think that when I arrived, the players were already there, but waiting for an opportunity. Yeah. And they weren't getting that opportunity. Some of the old players have passed themselves by. I mean, Dennis, bless him, great pally man, a great player. But he was past his best. Yeah. And a lot of the players retained their positions out of sentiment. Mm-hmm. Not, not anything else. Uh, Wolf wouldn't do it. He, he wouldn't play any youngsters or any kids. Mm. Uh, he would say, he would probably pick a team and show it to some Matt. And maybe Matt would say, try and rectify it, try and improve it. And, uh, but they never, they never got consulted. Jimmy Murphy, who was a very shrewd mm. man and who took Wales to the semi finals of the World Cup in 1958 That's right yeah marvellous marvellous record that yeah and uh, of course the, the, the annoying part about that but the strange part was taking over from Frank Farrell who played with me at Preston who's, got, who's still godfather to two of my kids and when I, when I told Frank that day Crystal Palace had been offered his job what shall I do he says take it you don't take it someone else will take it yeah he says that's the way they work here yeah, old Trafford. Do you think players like Sammy, um, who, who was in the team, he was injured at the time. Yeah, he was in a car crash. He was in the hospital. Yeah, I always liked him as a player. He was on the fringe of the first team. I'm not saying he wouldn't have got an opportunity under Busby, but he was knocking on the door. Do you think that then 
players like Law and Charlton who were past the sell-by date, they made it more difficult for players like Sam. Very much so. Yeah. Because of the mentality of Sir Mark, God bless his soul, he, he, he hung on to older players. Yeah. Uh, for what re- whatever reason. Uh, they were past their best or they'd done a great job for him in the past and I couldn't discard them. Yeah, loyalty. Loyalty, yeah. if you like, to take me to a, 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 a stupid degree. Mm. Yeah, I think you probably could understand that after Munich. Yes, you of know, course you, you can, to... yeah, very much so. I mean, I'm not, that's not a criticism, that's a fact of life. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. but you, right is right and wrong is wrong. You've got to say, well, you've been a great player for me. I think I've played the game with you. I've been fair with you. I think we had a situation now where you had to come in on a Sunday for treatment with Dr McHugh. Yeah. And Dennis never came in. Yeah. But he came in on Monday. And they had treatment Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> Fitness test Friday. Played the Saturday and injured again. And all the they same. They never came in. It's the same routine all the time. Yeah. And I told them straight, because him and I played together with Scotland. We should go out and have a few drinks together. They'd be our mates. We're pals. I said, look, you're, you're cheating. Um, I want to go through position by position and not necessarily the players but more about the qualities that you felt important for let's say starting in as a goalkeeper what qualities do you think it was important for a goalkeeper of Manchester United to have I mean the communication the ability to well first of all I we had a situation with Peter Benetti he was with England squad mm. and he was mixing with England squad you know what players are like they all chat each other up and chat each other anyway cut long story short Benetti uh, wanted to leave Chelsea uh, he said we, 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 went, we went away too much which we did we didn't go away too much we went away pre-season every opportunity got to play a friendly match against the European side we took it yeah. so yes they were away a lot and I said you're only away when you're successful when you're not successful you're always at home no one wants you yeah. and his wife started complaining about about he never sees the kids and all that, carry on, you know. Anyway, cut long story short, I got, I got um, a message that he was uh, chatted up by West Ham United. Yeah. And uh, I, I put it to him and said, yeah, that's right. I said, well, he's, 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 he's signed for us. You know, you, you can't go to West Ham. I said, well, I want to wait. I want to take a move anyway. So anyway, cut long story short, I thought, uh, so I'll extend the plane once or twice for... Millwall. Yeah. And I fancied him as a goalkeeper. So I sorted, I got Alec first of all. Then I put Ben Netty on the list. Yeah. And although he, because my intention was wrongly actually to play Stepney one week and Benetti the next. I'll play them. Yeah. It never worked. Never worked, actually. That wouldn't have been fair anyway. So I got a call one morning from Jimmy Murphy. Lovely man, bless him. Oh, top, tops. Yeah. Don't come any better. Tom, hi. I said, fine, Jimmy. How are you? Spud, I call him. Spud. I'm looking for a goalkeeper. Uh, the lads, Rimmer's not doing too clever for us at the moment. I said, I said so, who, who have you got? I said, well, I've got Stepney and uh, who I paid 50 grand a month ago from Millwall. Yeah. And I've got Benetti. She said, who can have you? I said, you can have whoever you want. He says, uh, I said, but Benetti's been in the team since he was 16. And he's Chelsea through and through. 
I said, but Alex done a great job when he's come in. Hmm. I said, I said, take your pick. She says, I'll take a step now. I said, okay. So I said for Alex, Jimmy came down the next day and uh, I'm in Busby with him in my office and uh, this, then the deal got, got 50 grand, it made £10,000 profit. Yeah. Uh, within about six months. And because Benetti was annoyed then, he, he, he said, I, I want it. I wanted a transfer, I'm not Stepney. Yeah. I said, yeah. <laughs> Man United wanted a goalkeeper, but they didn't want you, they wanted Stepney. <laughs> so, so, right, jiggery pokery was. Anyway, cut long story short, I worked out well for for both of them. Yeah. Except that, with Alec going to United and playing in Europe and playing in the European Cup, and then winning the European Cup medal, that didn't uh, entice Benetti to me any more than it should have done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Stepney had instant success at United, didn't they? Yeah, had instant success at oh, United. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And they were a good side at United, you know. Yeah. But a lot of them were, as I said, you know, they didn't have a lot of time left. And, yeah. Know, and, uh, you know when um, you wanted Shilton to replace yeah. Stepney, why, why was that? What would Shilton have brought what Stepney couldn't provide? I don't really know. But it was a better goalkeeper than Stepney. He made a lot of slash goals in Stepney. I'm not, that's not being disrespectful to, to Alec mm. it's just that he was a better goalkeeper mm. uh, we went and had one half a dozen points more where Shelton and goal yeah it's as straightforward as that it was just better straightforward as that yeah, yeah. Um, talking about um, the distribution do you think that distribution is important for a Man United goalkeeper you know, the ability, the ability, throwing the ball, kicking the ball, ability to actually play football. Yeah, no, I think coming for crosses. Yeah, I think the most important quality is coming for crosses. No one, no one to leave your line and, and, and when not to. Yeah, and when you've got the ball safely in your hands, your distribution is very, very important. Yeah, yeah. No point in just clutching and then whacking up the field. Yeah. When when you um, were a manager, when you were moving into management, fullbacks were a relatively new position. Yeah. So what I mean, as such, it was kind of like a step into the the unknown. So what qualities were you looking for in in your fullbacks? Good defensively. Yeah. Uh, quick. Uh, I had Shalito and McCready at Chelsea. Mm. They were brilliant. Brilliant going forward. Excellent again. Got back quick when we lost the ball. They were dispossessed. Uh, did, did you ever find it a risk for them to be so offensive? No. No. Because they, they brought their wingers. They had their wing at the team. They were playing as their wingers. They became full backs instead of wingers. Yeah. So they didn't cause us any troubles. Yeah. I mean, it was unusual to see in the Sunday newspaper. Uh, Chelsea was turned down an offside goal with the two of the fullbacks were offside. <laughs> <laughs> the wingers were offside, the fullbacks were offside. Yeah. And they were great going forward, overlapping fullbacks, you know. Yeah. And you took that into United as well because yeah. we had attacking fullbacks. Yeah. And, and it's just. Uh, see, when I played at Preston, I'm going back a long, long time, I was there. Uh, I was brought up with wingers. Yeah. Finney and Morrison at Preston. Were you a fan of uh, fullbacks overlapping? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Because it kept the wingers quiet of the opposition. They didn't bother us and they were too busy trying to defend. Yeah. And wingers can't defend. Mm. Well, you, you said there about Chelsea. You, uh, Chelsea, you, your wingers would 
revert. But at United, you wouldn't have that with Gordon, for example. He would never come back. So. No, I didn't want Gordon to come back because I mean, it's a waste of time coming back there. But we, 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 we supplement him with people that uh, uh, Buchan, yeah, and Brian Green are great attacking players. Mm. I was going to ask about these because they were your centre offs, and you know if you. You know, I feel a lot about what you've done with the, yeah. the modern United defence. That you, you yeah. should be credited for that. I mean, the way that they always seek to play a continental ball playing yeah. defender in there now. I mean, that would you would be left with the presumption that you would play one bruiser and one ball playing midfielder. But that sort of does a disservice to mine because he was a, a Rolls Royce on the ball, wasn't he? Yeah, Buchan. Uh, just say. He was a good defender, Bucket. He was very, very quick, exceptionally quick. Good defender, terrible pass of the ball. He could get in uh, in 10 seconds, but he'd lose it in ten, another 10 seconds, he'd lose it. So we used to get him to, to we'd get the ball as quick as he can and give it to people who can use the ball better than he could. Yeah. He didn't like that. <laughs> he felt he was great on the ball, like, you know, being Martin. Yeah. And uh, that's what just taught them to do what they're good at. And they talk about the pressing game today at Barcelona. We, I, we, Cav and I did that with them at, at, at Old Trafford. Yeah. When you lose the ball, the quickest way you can get it back is to yeah. attack it and get get the ball back as quick as you possibly can. And you wouldn't Press be afraid them. of using the defenders to do that? No. No. Not at all. See, but as I said, uh, I chatted. I told Martin Buchan to, about Frank Farrell to... Frank rang me about it. There was a fellow called George Connolly who used to play for Celtic. Good mm-hmm. player. But not a good defender. But great on the ball. Fantastic on the ball. Not particularly quick, but on the ball, oh, never get it off him. Well, Buchan wasn't good on the ball, but he was a grizzly enemy. Mm-hmm. Great tackler, great interceptor. So it was a case of getting... I forget I got the two of them, I'd, I'd have taken them, but I couldn't get it to him. So uh, I told Frank Farrell to get Buchan. He paid 110,000 quid for him. From Aberdeen, yeah, and about months later, I was at. It's all man, I recommend it here, Obviously, then you were you were talking about complementing styles. Yeah. So is that why you thought Brian didn't be a good? Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't think Brian would ever be a good centre half because uh, when I took over at, uh, I tried to sign him at Royal United. Yeah. Right, and and. Uh, he, he obviously went to the United, bigger club, bigger yeah. team. And, uh, as I say, it was interesting in Rotherham. And when I went to United, he said, we meet again? I said, yeah, because last time I met him was in his house in Barnsley. <laughs> and uh, always a nice lad. And when I saw him playing, I said to Cav, what do you think? Great on the ball, Tom. I said, quick, good in the air, good on the ball. Uh, good passer maybe lacks a bit of speed a little bit of pace mm. I say yeah but he reads it so well as well you know. and when he gets it he gives it as quick as he possibly can and he says yeah you're right he says uh, so I says uh, right, we'll switch him into mid- midfield and then we got an accident in that game at Molyneux at Wolverhampton Wonders we beat them 3-1 yeah. and yeah. and uh, McCarthy got injured and you swapped him back into... We swapped Blaine back into uh, the, the, the centre-half row. Yeah. And he just took off. Mm. 
like an happy accident. Oh, yeah. I remember one incident, we're playing Leicester at Filbert Street, and of all the people who should cause us trouble was Peter Sean. <laughs> so they come out for a, we're not for a corner kick, we usually put them all up for a corner kick, every one of them, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter who they were. So they brought everyone back with them, the Leicester. And Shelton came out and he whacked the ball and, uh, and Greeno, or Greeno in the ball, whatever. He went and looked at that. He was out like a light. And I was sitting in the director's box. As soon as I saw him, nipped downstairs under the dugout. Tony Carb and Laurie Brown, Mary's ex husband, bringing them up. I said, What's the matter? I said, Greeno, he says, in a bad way. I said, You've got a concussion. Yeah. I said, Bloody hell, what are we going to do? She well, he doesn't know who he is. I said, tell him it's Pele and put him back on the park again. Grab <laughs> <laughs> a big bucket of cold water out on him and they woke up almost immediately. Did he play like, like Pele when he was no, on there? No, yeah, Pele, you know he played like <laughs> But, uh, no, he finished the game well. But he, he was always a bit, uh, lovely lad, God, as so. Yeah. Never asked him how he was. Yeah, you no. moaned all the time. No, he found an injury. <laughs> if he if he weren't injured, you asked him who he was, you'd find him. would find an injury for you. Yeah. yeah. You said um, a key trait I picked up on there is that you found Martin and Brian to be very intellectual readers of the game. Yeah, great. Was it important to have that in your back line? Well, one of them, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, you always you always had a stopper and uh, a sweeper. Yeah. But as it turned out, with two sweepers. Not, and, and Buckham was a, if there was a stopper Buckham was a stopper of the two not Brian yeah. Brian wasn't a great tackler and if he got a knock at all he was a, a bit, you know he was always a bit soft you know yeah so. and uh, but they complemented each other and of course the longer they played together they used to read each other up. and of course when, they, when we had the ball they just come away with it they weren't quite happy on it they, 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 they weren't looked for, to give it to anyone Mm. They just they go and play one two and finish up in the opposition eighteen yards ball and the shot at goal. Yeah. Do you think that teams are too scared to play two players like that these days in the back line? I think it's just the managers, the attitude of the managers that they're well, scared to take a chance. Well, they'll right away they'll think, oh, but what if we lose the ball? You don't think about losing the ball. You think about yeah. going on with the ball, yeah. creating something. Yeah. If you think of losing the ball, you never want the ball in the first place. You let in fear come in straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one last part on the defence. Martin was someone who, who would speak back to you, and you know that not showed for long. not for long. But <laughs> it, it did show that you weren't afraid to have players who would no, speak back not to at you. All. No. Now talking on to uh, midfielders and first of all the wingers. Now, why did you like wingers so much? Oh, Robin McPherson, Tom Finney, and Angus Morrison. Yeah, uh, Peter uh, uh, Frank. Excuse me, Frank Blanson at Chelsea and uh, a lad called Peter Bluebrook outside right. And at Arsenal, I played with Jackie Henderson, Scottish International, and Joe Haber at the Irish International. I was always brought up with wingers. I, loved, I, fell, I fell in love with wingers, actually. Even as a defender? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as, as, as soon as they got the ball, you're on, you're on, a, you're on the offensive. Yeah. And they're opposition, and all, who's going to pick it? It's too late, man. Are they the best players that you enjoy watching? <laughs> yeah, and they're quick. Yeah. And crossing, crossing the ball. I didn't like them flying the ball into it. Because I always played with forwards about centre, five, seven, five, eight. Yeah. And all our crosses were violent. <laughs> I used to 
violence. <laughs> Smash the ball against their faces. <laughs> I said, you should hold it because the quiz bit was a bit wet, a bit, a bit greasy. Yeah. The ball used to skid all over the place. Eh? Yeah. But if you logged it, good defenders like Bucking and Greenough would have anticipated it where it was going. Well, it was, they would follow the flight of the ball. But if it was hammered hard and low, knee high, I, I, I cross it. No one can stop those at all. Either. And the ricochets you got from yeah. a ball hit somebody and, and going to one of your players. Yeah. Just to tap it and go. Yeah. Hilly was great. You had Koppel working hard on one side. Hilly no. And obviously it was more of a maverick than Koppel. Yeah. Did, did, did you do that intentionally to provide a balance? Yeah, we did actually. Because we knew Koppel would prepare to work harder than Hilly. Yeah. And we knew that Jimmy Nickel was quite happy to come forward as well and fill in on the right-hand side of the pitch. More so than Stuart Houston on the left-hand side of Hilly. Mm. And of course, we got any corner kicks, we never had Hilly involved defensively for us because it was hopeless, mm. useless. And that's when him and Buckingham used to follow it all the time. <laughs> Martin used to tell him, no effing good up here, you get back up with your own half of the park. Yeah. You know? He used to have a lot of arguments and a lot of followers, you know. But I, I like the, the wingers to take on the fullbacks because fullbacks don't like being taken on. Mm. They like to defend if they can, but they don't like to someone coming at them. Not used to. Yeah, a couple was different in style to Hill. Yeah. It, it was the harder work, like you mentioned Very there, much so, yeah. but still an adept oh, dribbler. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Brave, quick. Never get involved in any skirmishes, any arguments. He just got dust himself down and go on with mm. An interesting thing on that, you know, because I, as I mentioned, Koppel and Hill were different different styles of wingers, but that also meant if you went through every player in the outfield, they all had their own personality and their, <laughs> own, their own way of playing. Now, was that... I mean, did it help a better team spirit because they all thought that they were contributing something? I know. For a long, for a long, long time, the team actually—it's a bit contradictory—picked itself. Yeah. If everyone was fit, the team almost picked itself a week in, week out. We never had any changes because I always thought that's our best team. Yeah. Everyone fit. That's our best team. I can't, I can't improve it. They'll have good games, they'll have bad games, but that was our best side. And that would be, it would be Stepney, Nickel, uh, Buck and Greenough. Buck and Greenough, uh, Stuart Houston, yeah. Arthur Alberson later on. Yeah. Uh, Koppel. Koppel and Hill in the wing and the flanks. Uh, McElroy. And McElroy. Uh, Jerry Daly. Uh, up front, Pancho and uh, Jimmy Greenough. They were fantastic. Yeah. Both are great holding the ball up. Pancho was brave, strong. Mm-hmm. Jimmy was beautiful, a delicate player. Jimmy was a beautiful yeah. player. Worth the money just watching him, actually. Mm. But your Jimmy was more of a link-up and Pancho yeah, was... Yeah, we, we used to play... Pancho used to do the diagonal running behind Jimmy. And Jimmy used to come a little bit short for the ball. Yeah. And then as soon as he came a little bit short, we'd bypass him sometime. As soon as we bypassed him, Coppola then linked up with him. Yeah. It's a little knockbacks. Do you think that you couldn't have had that working successfully if you'd had two Pearsons or no. two Greenoffs? No. They worked, but not, not not as well, not as successfully, no. Because Pancho wasn't a big goal scorer. No. Sure, Pearson. 
It was about top whack, 15 a year. Well, neither was Jimmy. I mean, they were the both, Jimmy, were, Jimmy Green offered, both of them were sort of similar goal Yeah, about 10, 12, 15 in the good yeah. year, yeah. But they were great. I mean, when the ball went up to them, too, it stuck. Yeah. It didn't bubble away anyway, you know. Yeah. That was it. No matter how hard, how ferocious, he took it, he knocked up to them. Yeah. I mean, as soon as Alex Stanley got the ball, Stuart Houston. Stuart Houston, as soon as the ball was out of the way, Stuart Houston. Hilly would pull back. Yeah. As Hilly pulled back, the full back opposition would come with come Hilly. Yeah. They just bypassed Hilly and the full back and up to Pancho. Mm-hmm. And Pancho and Jimmy used to take it from there. See? And then if the ball was switched out to Cobble, Jimmy Nicholl would be on the, on the right hand side. Yeah. And overlap that, yeah. Do you think um, then perhaps one of the biggest attributes that you look for in, in the forward players was fearlessness because they would always have to be dealing with a hard ball delivered fast yeah Pancho Pancho wasn't the bravest I mean but he would go and, and go in and tackle and challenge and that but if you looked at him he'd roll about an agony as if he was killed yeah there's bugger all wrong with him you know and we knew how he wasn't physically attributed to taking knocks and that so yeah but, but he he was crafty he was he the left foot yeah unbelievable and he's so full of confidence that yeah true but you needed you probably needed that in the team for that arrogance to flow in the front line oh yeah I mean he does I mean, about 23 in a Saturday. He, excuse me, he'd be taking the piss out of everyone in the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah. So, talk me through the engine room then. What imp- what qualities was it important for you to have in your midfield? We didn't have one. We, we, sh- we ha- should have had a, a, a good tackler. A dirty, yeah. bugger, a dirty bugger in midfield. We should have had, but we didn't have any. We only do with Jerry Daly as spells we had because uh, we I played four two four yeah which was uh, <coughs> up front of the couple uh, on Hill Pearson Green I thought it was my fourth mm. middle of the park skipped them look McCarry was the only aggressive player in the middle of the park yeah McCarry and Jerry Daly yeah uh, and then up at the back Stuart Houston uh, sometimes I thought all wasn't. Sammy Mack in midfield Sammy Mack was midfield Sammy wasn't an aggressive player but no run all day. Rolls Royce engine he had. Yeah. So do you think he was stamina really in a good passing range? Yeah. And also we had Ali Forsyth of course as a right foot back. Yeah. Uh, with Jim Holton for a spell to get us out of the big gym. Yeah. Six foot two eyes of blue. Big Jim's coming after you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just Jimmy Nickel who came in for right foot back for a, for a spell as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's and right. He, 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 he wasn't a great tackler but going forward he was immaculate. Again, but it's interesting that even in defence you were looking for attack-minded oh, players. Oh yeah, because the opposition didn't like defending, so they had to chase back. Yeah, or they'd murder them. So just to go back into the midfield, and we were talking about you know stamina is a good quality to have and a passing range. Now I know that you can't just say you must play a defensively-minded player when you didn't have one, but the intention to score goals and you had McElroy and McCarry, who in any other team could have played up front. Yeah, well, Sammy did play up front when I still went there, when I first went there. Yeah. But he couldn't get into the team. Yeah. It's just when I brought him into the team, <coughs> we found out what his best position was. Was it a risk to play two players who could be attackers? Yeah, could have been, yeah. But uh, the standard of the opposition in a lot of cases wasn't 
playing it. Mm. But it was how they played. It was how they wanted to play and how well they wanted to play. Yeah. We dictated the pace of the game. Yeah. And I think that, that for me is the key because, I mean, as long as your players are intelligent and aware enough to cover the spaces, yeah. like you're saying, you were saying earlier about Barcelona in recent years, yeah. as long as it's your game plan. And when we cleared the ball, as soon as we cleared, we were all out at the back. Yeah. Knowing full well that if we won the ball, we had 11 players on their well, 10 players on their tank. Yeah. But if we didn't win it, we were all in, in position. Yeah. To counter that like in in the modern game, so you, watch, you watch Barcelona. Yeah, and they they play a lot the way we played a lot the way they play. You know, as soon as you as you come out quick, as soon as you clear the ball, it might only be a, a hopeful punt, but you're out as quick as you can, and you leave the opposition and you're half of the field. Yeah, and there might be thirty yards and you're half of the field. And when they get the ball and they play it back in, they're all offside. Mm. Do you think then um, energy and stamina is very much so? Yeah, yeah, but also knowing. Playing a team regularly who, who play all the time together helps you tremendous amount. Yeah. I mean, when we lost the ball, we were flies around the sugar ball. Yeah. Well, there's no coincidence that, I mean, so many times, particularly 74-75, United would score two or three goals in the first half yeah. and blow the teams away and, yeah. and do it that way. Was it oh, yeah. the intention to score as many early on? Oh, and just... yeah. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you want to, I mean, you want to score as many goals yeah, and concede as little as you can. Yeah. You said you were talking about flies around the sugar ball and the shape of the team. The players have said to me, even though you were saying it's four two four, that it would evolve into a tighter four four two without the ball. You know, you would go. We compact. lost. The, we played four two four. When we lost the ball, Copplehold just tucked in the middle of the park. Yeah. So it's four four two. But a four four two. Our four were all creative players. Yeah. With Helen Copple coming back in, in the middle of the field. They were two more creative players, not just de- yeah. not just defenders. With six, really, if you yeah. can include McElroy and Macari, yeah. you had six players I mean, there. Sammy wasn't a physical player. Yeah. But he'd run for a year. So, that was Tommy Doherty talking about the composition and qualities of his great Manchester United side in the 1970s. This was a podcast I recorded with him in August 2015, an interview that obviously I've edited into a podcast. I was really keen on getting him to talk about his team in a more serious manner. Um, I'd worked with him on books before, but not in a way that really got him to explore his team in, in the way that I did in this interview. And I'm sure that this is as serious as it gets when it comes to talking to Tommy. So I hope that you enjoyed the listen. Please subscribe if you did enjoy the podcast and give us a nice rating or review on iTunes as well.